Welcome to the recap slash pastoring out loud because it's December and we're doing both. The recap is the part of pastoring out loud where we recap the previous week's sermon. This past week was the third week of Advent. We talked about rejoicing. Dave, surprisingly, you preached again. And uh, you talked about joy. And you talked about joy in the context of kind of like a courtroom scene-ish, right? Why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So after Zephaniah has uh, just told the people that judgment is coming, a day of judgment is coming, and that they need to be repenting and moving towards humility and finding refuge in the name of the Lord. He talks about the Lord rising up as a witness uh, to take the stand. And then he talks about two different decisions that will come down. One decision will be destruction for those who don't heed the call to repent and take refuge in the name of the Lord. And the other decision will be a, a purifying a refining. So I think, I think the sermon title was rejoicing in God's refining or something like that. Um, that will lead to a people that uh, praise the name of the Lord and worship the name of the Lord. Uh, and the people that are left will be a humble, repentant people that find the refuge in the name of the Lord. I think that's three verse 12 where it talks about that. And so the Lord standing up as the witness who knows all and sees all this call to repent, and then these two verdicts rendered for these two groups of people, depending on how they respond to that call. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, it's kind of a back-weighted book, isn't it? It is. Like, it's, uh, like some of the prophets are, not all of them. Some of the minor prophets, for sure, are very like the last half chapter is like, or chapter is um, kind of that that payoff. Um, Stacy, Nick, have either of you ever served on a jury? Yeah. You have? Have you, Stacey? I got jury duty, but then we didn't have to serve. Because I sh- had to show up and they you showed settled. You up with your hyper- Well, I sat there all day. Oh, oh, oh. You didn't show up with a <laughs> hyper-offensive t-shirt or something. No. You got dismissed right away. Out of character for you, Stacey. Um, so, Nick, what was it like when you were on jury duty? And were there witnesses called in the context of this? Uh, there were. It was only... A limited number was like a it was like a domestic abuse case oh, okay. type okay. thing. So if uh, the the plaintiff or whoever had said, you know, mm-hmm. like to call my next witness, God, right? And like, how how would you have handled that? Besides losing your mind or your face melting, like the end of Indiana Jones, or, or whatever. Those about what I was gonna say. Oh, okay, all right. I mean, I think I would trust that witness. Okay, you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the ultimate trustworthy witness. Yeah, yeah. Of the testimony stand is. God, God, and He who knows the hearts of all uh, and everything. Any reflections on the sermon, Stacy, Nick, or reflections post preaching, Dave? Like things you'd like to say if you had had an hour and a half to preach, which we all know you would prefer. Um, like, what do you uh, like? A reflections, anyone? <laughs> well, actually, as you were preaching, <coughs> I was thinking, how does this point to the gospel? Or how does it relate to that? And then you you made that point like at the end. So I was like, oh, good. He answered my questions. <laughs> but would you remind us of what you said? Because I thought, it, I think with the Old Testament, sometimes texts yeah. like this that don't <clears throat> explicitly 
I mean, they, they all point to the gospel looking ahead. But. Yeah. And I would, I was actually going to say to Daniel, probably if I had more time, what I would have done is probably unpack how this points forward eschatologically to like the new heavens and new earth. I mentioned it in a paragraph or two, mm-hmm. like, you know, a people where there's no sin in us or around us. Like, can you imagine that? You know, cause I think that's what this is pointing to. Cause it says, uh, those who are left. So I think, I think the gospel where we see it is in verses 12 to 13 of chapter three, most clearly. Um, and, and then even chapter 11, I, I'll not put you to shame because of the deeds by which you've rebelled against me. Um, and why is that? Is that because they're perfect now or they've, you know, it's no, because I'll leave in your midst a people humble and lowly who have sought refuge in the name of the Lord. So, you know, uh, the place I went to, there's all sorts of New Testament passages that you can make the connection with finding refuge in the name of the Lord. I went to, um, I went to Romans 8, 1 to 4 this particular week. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and then even just because the law is fulfilled, you know, it's not that they've kept it perfectly, but it's been fulfilled on their behalf. Jesus, the whole picture is Zephaniah. The background has been like, there's going to be this huge sacrifice of sinners who don't repent. And then there's going to be this substitute sacrifice that those who do repent get to witness and actually like enjoy like, Oh, I'm not on the altar. There's another sacrifice on my behalf. And so I think those are the gospel, biblical, theological connections that you can keep coming back to with the themes of, you know, not being put to shame because your shame has been taken by Jesus repenting and finding refuge in the name of the Lord versus finding refuge in yourself. And then this people that's left who um, are not afraid of anything because they've been welcomed, you know, by the God of the universe. Uh, so I think, I think those yeah. are the, yeah. which I think relates really well to that. And that's why I went to Romans eight, no condemnation. I really think is at the heart of not being afraid because you've, Jesus has risen up. The Lord has risen up as a witness and he's rendered a decision for you, not against you, um, because of his purifying work and you're humbling yourself and repenting. So, and I was thinking, um, man, as you were reading, especially like verses 12 and 13, yeah. it's like, man, this sounds like new covenant language. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in Jeremiah, you know, <clears throat> like their I will heart, write their the law on yeah. your hearts that yeah. they, and cause them to keep my commandments, Yep. you know, verse 11, a people humble and lowly, they will seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Those who are left, they shall do no injustice and speak no lies. Like God mm-hmm. is doing this mm-hmm. in their hearts. So it just like amplifies the rebel and the remnant theme that's been there all along in the Old Testament. And then just this just sounds like the promise of God, like I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. in these people's hearts. Yeah. So it just seemed Amen. like, oh man, this this language sounds familiar. Yeah, and I think in some ways, like when I, I reflect on like Romans, right, which uses a lot of courtroom type yeah. language, yep. um, in some ways, this passage in Zephaniah is very much like a justification of God, right? Yep. So yep. it is the purifying of the people that will place God in the righteous, like he'll be righteous yep. to... Yep do what's right in regards to them and restore them um, in accordance with their works. Yep. Right. He's right. already done right. a sacrificing, put your sins away. We're forgetting about your sins yep. prior to the purifying, which I think is really instructive. It's, it's analogous. It's not, right. uh, right. you know, 
Paul doesn't go to Zephaniah, but it's analogous to what happens. And how does justification happen? Abraham believed the Lord and yeah. it, count, it was counted to him as righteousness. Yeah. Israel believed the Lord and it was counted to the church believe, hey, you know, take your pick. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's just the way that God always works. Mm-hmm. That's good. Any other reflections, other things? It's a good sermon. What's next? One more. On Christmas Day? You Christmas said, Eve. You t- oh, Christmas Eve. You told me it was going to be like a 65-minute sermon. To catch <laughs> it's going to be really, <laughs> really long, so don't bring any guests. That's what I Just ex- kidding. That's, that's not what true. I'd expect. It'll be about 20 minutes, and we get to end with the Lord who rejoices over his people. I, I love I love these phrases. He will quiet you by his love and he will exult over you with loud singing. He quiets us and then he sings loudly over us. I love it. Such a good picture. It's good. What, I, what I'd hope is that you come up and go, shh. And then you start singing, Dave. Loudly. As, yeah, loudly. <laughs> Nick, do does, Nick doesn't want me to do that. Mm. You can do that. Sure. He, he won't hey, even let me try out for worship team. Hey, Nick, <laughs> Nick, can I do that? No. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to all that are listening. This podcast comes out on Friday before Christmas. To all a good uh, night. To all a good night. Yeah. Any, anything else you guys would say about? <laughs> oh, stop it. Anything else you guys would say about the message? <laughs> going once, going twice. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>